Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to this episode of the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. You know, recently we've been talking a lot about China. Everybody's focused on things going on in China. Uh, you know, the private education sector becoming nonprofit, a bunch of sort of regulatory crackdowns are, are around, you know, different uh, activities from the big tech companies, uh, like like worrying about monopolistic tendencies, et cetera. In any event, uh, you know, it reminds me of when we started 2020, those innocent days before the pandemic, we had sort of uh, developed a theme called productive competition. The idea being that companies are competing, countries are competing, and we, we highlighted in that the U.S. competition with China. Now, it's productive, of course, because it, the competition drives both parties, in this case, to work really hard, try to innovate, and we all get better as a result. In any event, this week I want to cover uh, really uh, sort of the U.S., uh, a little bit sort of our competitive position and a little bit some things going on both politically and in the private sector that sort of um, informs and sort of contributes to our competitiveness. Um, so let's start with comp- competitive position. Um, while there's lots and lots of sources out there to kind of gauge how countries rank, um, one is from the World Economic Forum. It's called their Global Competitiveness Report. They publish it annually. The last one they did actually was 2019 because last year in 2020, they really did something different focusing on pandemic recovery, I think. And so uh, still the 2019 report is very robust, a, a nice reference. In that report, basically the U.S. ranked second in the world out of 141 countries that were assessed, and we were just behind Singapore. Uh, so a couple quotes from that report. Uh, so, quote, the United States is the leader in Europe and North America. Despite dropping one position, it remains an innovative powerhouse, ranking first for its business dynamism and second for innovation capability. A second quote, only four economies score above 80 on the innovation capability pillar, Germany, United States, Switzerland, and Taiwan, and only one quarter score above 50. So the report really does highlight the U.S. having a competitive edge over uh, most countries. And, you know, when we look at things, for example, as well, like GDP, of course, we're sort of number one in the world, but China's number two and growing faster than we are. So there's a point at which, by the arithmetic, they can catch us. In any event, um, you know, we've talked a lot about China's long-term strategy, kind of these longer-term goals, and then the five-year interval plans, like a plan every five years. And a lot of the things they do basically focuses on that long-term strategy. So it begs the question, sort of what is the analogy in the U.S.? Well, we know, number one, that our sort of government-sponsored programs and efforts, platforms and so forth, are really politically anchored, meaning that they're influenced by who's in power in D.C., uh, and therefore sort of they shift from time to time around elections. And so, you know, of course, we're a democracy. We want to vote in our representatives. That's all very good. But essentially, when there's a a change in the White House and especially a change in power, you'll see sort of the deck get reset a little bit in terms of our our, uh, strategy. 
So let's take a look back. You know, when we look at former President uh, Donald Trump, he entered office really inspired by uh, the campaign slogan from uh, Ronald Reagan's 1980 campaign. Uh, his election slogan was, let's make America great again. And so obviously Trump picked up the make America great again as, as sort of a, a, a theme for his his agenda. And it sort of man, manifested itself in a, a big focus on trade and trying to negotiate better relationships, a big focus on bringing U.S. manufacturing back to the U.S. and a stronger military. Um, and, you know, the, the basic idea with all this is that there was, um, you know, just the idea that um, that uh, that he wanted to improve things. He got into a little bit sort of emerging technologies, data science, encryption, autonomous technologies, um, advanced computing, artificial intelligence, things like that. In any event, when uh, we look uh, to today, President Joe Biden came into the office and kind of uh, went on a slightly different uh, tagline, if you will, build back better. Now, of course, in focus at the end of Trump's uh, term and, and in the beginning of Biden has been pandemic relief, so lots of fiscal packages around that. And and then lately, um, there's um, uh, a couple bills that are making their way through Congress. Both of them are, if you will, sponsored in a bipartisan way. Um, and they're a little bit related to this forward-looking strategy. So one is the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. So $1.2 trillion to be spent over eight years on things like bridges, roads, clean water, et cetera. But the, the overarching theme is to uh, have a goal of maintaining our global economic leadership and role as the world's innovation engine. Um, and, you know, when, when the numbers have been crunched, basically the estimate is that over, uh, I guess it's about 18 years, so between now and uh, 2039, uh, the effort is expected to contribute about $10 trillion to U.S. GDP. Now, a second piece of legislation that's in the works is called the U.S. Innovation and Comp Competition Act, and that's, a, by today's standard, a much smaller spend. It's a quarter of a trillion dollars, so $250 billion. It's designed to boost uh, a bunch of different things, but examples would include U.S. semiconductor production, which today is sort of mostly offshore, uh, scientific research, artificial intelligence, and sp space exploration as examples. Um, and, you know, again, I think the spirit of it is hey, we, we want to get some of this technology um, improved and bring some of this business back on shore. Now, that reminds me that, of course, in this effort to be competitive, while the government has a role, private industry has a, a big, big role. And I think we all know that we're, we're very dominant as a country when it comes to the U.S. companies in the spaces of things like technology, healthcare, and heavy industry. And then, of course essentially financial services. So think about our capital markets really being the most liquid and efficient uh, globally, we think. And so long story short, you know, we, we see uh, a lot of sort of strength coming out of our private industry. Um, so a couple of statistics, you know, when we look at 700, did a little study, 797 startups valued at a billion or more, what are known as unicorns. 400 of those are American companies, 158 Chinese companies. And, um, and then there's a Boston Consulting Group uh, identification of the 50 most innovative companies in 2021. More than half of those are Americans. So bottom line is private industries contributing for sure. 
Anyway, that's what we wanted to cover this uh, the, in this episode. So thanks so much for listening. You know, we're locked in this competition with China. We get very focused on their strategy, but it's good from time to time to take a step back and remind ourselves of what's going on here in the U.S. So more competition to come for sure. Uh, in any event, we'll cover more of this over time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.